From coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. Hello and welcome back to Terra Informa. I'm Dylan Holt and I'll be your host for the next half hour of environmental news. I would like to begin this episode by acknowledging that Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, a campus and community recording studio located in Edmonton, Alberta, or Amiskwichi-Waskihegan, on Treaty 6 territory, the historic and present lands of Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, Denny, and many other First Peoples. Treaty is about relationship, and the very least we can do in this relationship is acknowledge the people who continue to live and gather here and who continue to influence the stories we make and our understanding of the land around us. This week, we have a long interview with a bunch of cool cats, so we're going to dive right into it. Terra Informer Elizabeth Dowdell had the opportunity to do a studio interview with Our Time and Climate Justice Edmonton organizers Stephen, Madison, and Chen. The group talks about who these organizations are and what they do, experiences from the front lines of climate action, and how each one found a community to keep them going despite the emotional burden of being climate organizers. We're not going to like change people's minds by just throwing facts at them. We're not going to change people's minds by, you know, telling them that we have 11 years to act. But we can change people's minds by telling them how we're experiencing climate change, how how we are interacting with the climate crisis. Share that story. People are much more compassionate than you. We honestly give them credit for. And, you know, if you can if you can share your story, it's really the most powerful thing. More powerful than any IPCC report. I'm Madison. I just started with CJE, so Climate Justice Edmonton. And then I'm also working on the Our Time campaign and I've only really been involved for the last two and a half months. So my name's Steven and I'm an organizer with Climate Justice Edmonton and Our Time as well. Hello everyone. My name is Chen. I also am an organizer with Climate Justice Edmonton. First time I actually started working with the group was last year's Paige Gorsak campaign, I think starting in uh, October 2018. So right now I'm helping out with Climate Justice Edmonton, but also we've done a lot of work overlapping with the uh, Our Time campaign as well. Can one of you tell me a little bit what's the difference between Climate Justice Edmonton and Our Time? Our time is, yeah, it's a national campaign and Climate Justice Edmonton is kind of like the the local hub representative in Edmonton. You know, we've got like a really strong base of people uh, here and it was just kind of really effective to kind of pivot into that uh, and like move to the Our Time campaign. So it's, yeah, it's a campaign of Climate Justice Edmonton. Chen, maybe you've been with them a little bit longer. You can explain how like what Climate Justice Edmonton is, how they began. You said Paige Gorsak's campaign, so do you want to explain what that was about? Climate Justice Edmonton is a local collective of young people who are interested and passionate about social, environmental, and climate justice. Our group consists of students, workers, teachers, and artists, and from Edmonton area. This group actually really started I believe like two years ago and uh, starting really small. I believe the the story I heard was that a year ago from now that we got only a table of four people gathering at one time. So I think starting in last fall, the group really uh, started to focus on the 
campaign for Paige Gorsard as the NDP MP candidate in uh, Edmonton Strathcona riding. So during the, which time I think it gained a lot of momentum and uh, attracted volunteers like myself. We still are working with a lot of people we uh, recruited during the campaign. And, but unfortunately, we uh, narrowly lost that campaign. But uh, I think the group really thought about, you know, we are not only just seeing everything from the result as determining whether it's successful or not about the campaign. We really see the potential of building long-term momentum in the local area and gathering people who are interested and passionate about climate justice. And right now we we see the results from the campaign. We, we still are building upon the momentum that we created since last fall. Okay, well thanks for the origin story of Climate Justice Edmonton. What in uh, your opinion is maybe the critical issues that you deal with as an organization. Our time looks like it's a fairly expansive campaign. Climate Justice Edmonton seems pretty expansive. You've talked a little bit about the Green New Deal being a part of the Our Time movement, and that seems pretty broad. So can you maybe sort of synthesize what really you're trying to deal with in terms of issues? So I think you're you're right in, in sort of acknowledging that, that there is a pretty broad scope here. I know as just speaking as somebody who, who has come on very recently, for me, like if I had to sum it up, I would say we have like climate justice is a broad issue because it is ultimately addressing the fact that like we're operating on a, within a system that's broken and that is causing multiple issues across multiple areas. So for me, what drew me in was this the fact that there seemed to be an understanding of that totality in the group, that this wasn't just a single issue group and it wasn't something that you had to be really, really committed to any particular ideology. You just had to have an appreciation that things were broken and have and and have an understanding that that was a wider problem. So what brought me in was that I was spending so much time feeling very anxious about elections and feeling very anxious about political issues. And I, I, it hadn't occurred to me that I had more power than just the power that I had on the day when I went to the ballot box, right? So it wasn't, that was something that I just had, had not occurred to me. Um, and so when I became involved with Climate Justice Edmonton, I began to feel really empowered and, and get that sense that this was really a community that was responding to that underlying sense that so many people in my life had that things just are broken and and there are other people out there who feel the same way and together you can actually affect quite a lot of change. Like, Do you think that's something that sets Climate Justice Edmonton and movements like Our Time apart from other nonprofits or sort of political action groups like, say, Greenpeace or the David Suzuki Foundation? That yeah, I think, you know, the, the things that we do in our daily lives are definitely important, you know, but a lot of that stuff is also, it's not accessible for a lot of people. And like, really, we need to start holding to account, like the biggest polluters, you know, we've got, you know, the, it's, it's not just the person who is driving themselves to work every day because there is really poor bus bus service or really poor public transit. It's the huge emitters that are mining for oil and burning huge amounts of fossil fuels. We met last time, Steve, and you sort of talked about your background in working in oil and gas. And Do you think that's a part of what maybe drew you to this organization then, or could you maybe comment on how 
you came to our time into climate justice Edmonton? Totally. Uh, yeah. So actually, I I joined the same time as Chen with the with Page Gorsak's campaign. It was honestly the first time that I had seen anybody in the political sphere talking about making a just transition for working people. A lot of what I've heard directed at me was, we need to get jobs back, we need to build more pipelines, we need to dig ourselves further into the ground and dig our heels further in, instead of actually making sure that, you know, sure, like a pipeline, maybe we'll get 10 more years of jobs out of that. But what does that look like? You know, I'm not retiring for at least another 40 years. Mm -hmm. So what am I going to do in those last 30 years? (laughs) Nobody's selling iHeart solar panel stickers, (laughs) right? Um, Which is really unfortunate. Like, yeah, I would, I want to see more green jobs for people who work in oil and gas and, you know, trying to sell t-shirts that, you know, talk about your love for Canadian oil and gas. That's not going to save us. Frankly, it's not. Um, You know, it's a death sentence. So, yeah, like when I first saw Paige was talking about, you know, we need to make sure that workers are supported through a transition into a a zero carbon economy. That really clicked. And it was like, okay, this is somebody, you know, from the environmental movement who was speaking to, you know, people like me who have like, honestly, I've kind of felt were traditionally left out, you know, and often blamed too. And, you know, which which was really defeating. <laughs> and, you know, I, the whole time that I've been, you know, working as a machinist in oil and gas, I've known that, yeah, we need to deal with climate change, but I've always felt powerless in, in how to deal with that. Yeah, it was kind of, you know, Paige, Paige's campaign was the first time that I saw somebody talking about, you know, making sure that workers are supported through that transition. And then as I got further into the campaign and, you know, started door knocking, a lot. You know, I met more really wonderful people uh, and found out that they were like pretty much all involved with Climate Justice Edmonton. And this was a belief that was built in the DNA of Climate Justice Edmonton, that it was, you know, making sure that that the working class is supported and, you know, making sure that nobody gets left behind, which, you know, definitely made for it kind of seemed like a no brainer to pivot into the Our Time campaign and focus more on a Green New Deal. Well, Chen, you talked about joining in with Paige Gorsak's campaign, and you've talked about Paige as well, and this power of seeing someone like yourself in a political role. Do you think of yourselves as a political organization, and do you think of yourselves as political activists, or do you use some other term, or do you think of yourself some other way? I think that's an interesting question, and it would like I, I'm curious to hear what Chen and Stephen have to say because I think that that it's very identity specific how you would see yourself in that regard. I know for myself coming from a suburban background, very well off and coming from a a relatively conservative family, the idea of being a political activist seems very foreign to me. It seems somewhat inaccessible to me. Just it doesn't fit in with that particular identity set that I grew up with. But having come into this space where I've I've come to understand that I'm not really being served by the people around me, um, my neighbors, my friends, my family were, are not being served currently by um, the political powers that be. Um, and just starting to come to this place of disillusionment where I'm not seeing any viable options. In some respects, that does 
that does kind of make that identity of being a political activist seem more accessible to me because it, it has it has it's prompted a lot of um, reflection for me because it's made me realize that the idea that anyone with civic rights like isn't a political activist like you you we all are we just mm-hmm. if we don't see ourselves that way it's because we have become too comfortable right the reason I ask the question is talking to people about environmentalism uh, mm-hmm. or politics there's not always that connection think you know we might not say well I'm not really an environmentalist I'm just here at this CBC rally to get a federal climate debate but I'm not really an environmentalist yes, exactly. or well, I really care about the environment, so I'm here at this rally, but I'm not really political. You know, that there's this really interesting sort of disconnect between environmentalism as a political issue and taking action at a political forum. I'm a, I'm a PhD student at the U of A. I, my personal research interest is on settler colonialism and sport. And um, Interesting mix. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so my... That's how I was joined into Page's campaign because in Page's campaign there was a very explicit emphasis on we need to really start to uphold our responsibility towards you know indigenous communities and whoever is running for office on, in this society we have to we need to face and address very directly the issue that is that is uh, characterizing the settler colonial society. And I wasn't really particularly care about climate issues until I got involved with the, with the campaign. So uh, that's when I really got educated on how climate issue and uh, the issue with colonialism are so intimately connected. From that point on, I think I experienced a huge um, process of self-education and learning and also benefiting from all the campaigns, actions, activities that this group has been doing, I think really informed me of, you know, it's 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 an inter- intersectional issue. It's an issue that you can't really just isolate into small silos. I do believe that I personally feel like a lot of people in our group don't mind seeing themselves as politically active. If one day we became we became otherwise, I think I'll probably say goodbye. A really key important aspect of like a Climate Justice Edmonton member is like understanding that it's not just you and your experience that's that needs to be cared about, but like everybody else's experience. You know, when I when I first came into this, I'll admit I was, you know, very focused on just me as a worker in oil and gas. And over you know, the past, I guess, oh, eight months, um, I've been learning constantly. I feel like I've grown as a person and, you know, come to realize that, yeah, it's not just, it's not just working people, but it's also indigenous people. And the fact that, you know, we have, as, you know, the, the entity that is Canada has really messed up <laughs> on respecting treaty rights and, you know, and actually like, understanding that you know we've completely missed the boat that you know the the more that we ignore indigenous communities it's just creating more and more it contributes more and more to the climate crisis i've come to realize that this is not just something that is just me but it's like it's so much more and i think we need to 
you know, it's really important that every person who uh, works with Climate Justice 710 realizes that it's more than just your identity that is at risk. It's everybody, you know, it's everybody's experience. A colleague and I were talking about the Green New Deal and and he asked, what, what do they mean by justice and how do they decide what justice is? So for me, it, the justice piece was interesting. When I went to the town hall, I didn't understand it either initially. I didn't understand why we were making climate about um, social justice. Mm -hmm. And I was confused and I was like, ooh, we are alienating people because these are a lot of like really specific um, social justice issues. Like why are we why are we trying to bring them all in under this umbrella? Um, I think that that's an initial question a lot of people have and that um, doing this work is really a process of waking up to the understanding that these are all connected problems. It's that waking up to to understanding that this is not a one ticket issue like this is not a this is not a singular issue um it's the climate is a symptom of wider corruption that is really i think a spiritual problem in some respects um in terms of what it's doing to us as as um a society really what it's doing to us on a human level. So we are seeing more things like climate grief groups or eco-grief groups. And I'm curious as organizers uh, dealing with a topic like climate change, which has a lot of emotional weight, how do you guys deal with the burnout? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, burnout is a very real thing. <laughs> um, there is a lot of work uh, involved in this kind of in this kind of work. Uh, there, there's so much to do. We've got like a we've got a really strong group of people that are you know always ready and willing to throw down and help support each other. As as we've done this work, we've grown closer and closer. You know, I've made so many friends out of this. People that like I trust so closely the structure of the group has just kind of like managed to just naturally figure out a way to help support each other and to make sure that you know everybody's doing all right i think it probably comes from that core understanding that like runs through the dna of climate justice edmonton that like this is you know it, it's just it's it's about caring for each other um you know we all do this work because we care for one another we care about the people in our group, we care about the people outside of our group, and we care about the people who oppose our group. You know, we're not out here to to ruin somebody. We're not out here to end somebody. We're out here to support each other. And, you know, that's something that I think, like, has really, you know, kind of helped, helped us continue on, especially through this, like, Our Time campaign, which has frankly been a nonstop sprint. So, yeah, you know, as, as we've all worked together and grown so much closer we've definitely you know just kind of naturally built these built these supports for each other that have given people the space to like take time and like take a break you know if if you need it you you have that you have that ability to like take a breather and that's fine because there's there's a, a large group of people who are very talented and very skilled and, and and very loving that will definitely be able to help where you know where you need them to to pick you up. I personally experienced a very deep personal transformation, and I I, w I couldn't believe like when I first got involved where I would be right now today, 
and uh, so I think it's definitely hard. It's 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 overwhelming, and it, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. But at the same time, I think I personally feel this is why I I feel like I I'm motivated to wake up every day and doing the things I personally deem to be meaningful and and worthwhile in spending another day of my of my life doing. So being in that you know community, I think really. Reminds me, you know, this is what I need to do, and this is every one day. Everybody in this group will not be here, but I think it. What matters more is how, you know, some of the spirit, some of the ideas, some of the ideals of this world get gets passed on and carried over, and for for more people to catch the fight. It's actually really central to the whole movement that piece where we are we're we're grappling with with subject matter that is very dark um and very existential there are definitely points at which you're going to see a headline um or you're going to read an article and for some people that hits you on this deep primal level of grief that you don't really have a lot of words for and if there's people around you in your general circles who just are not understanding, like they're not connecting to that grief in the same way that you are. It can feel very alienating. There is this feeling that like, you're kind of watching all of these things around you slipping through your fingers and it doesn't seem like anyone else is paying attention and you just feel very lonesome in that grief. This work coming into CJE and having this group of other people who are very similarly minded, who all kind of have that commonality of like an ethic of care and compassion that's just so present in every single thing that they do. And they're seeing the same problems you're seeing and feeling the same grief that you're feeling. And I think that ultimately like that's where this movement really has legs. And at the start of our conversation, Madison, you used the word community. And so I'm just wondering if each of you could reflect for me on when you knew that this was your community I think for me personally, it was so back in January, Climate Justice Edmonton participated in a road blockade uh, on Jasper Ave, mm. where we did a round dance in, in solidarity with the people at Wet Sweatin'. There were police there, there were we were diverting buses, but there was also that the whole action was like so well planned out, and there were faces throughout the whole action that I saw that I'd been seeing through the Pages campaign and even through the lead up to to the, the round dance that I just kind of, it, it felt safe, even though, you know, I was, it was the first time that I'd done anything like that. It was the first time I had, you know, done any kind of civil disobedience, which, you know, normally, you know, leading up to that, as I, as I was headed down to the action, I was nervous. And then I got there and I saw, you know, familiar faces and I saw people who who were there looking out for me um, and looking out for the whole for the whole group. It was really empowering just to kind of see, you know, yeah, just to like know that I was supported by by a lot of those people. It's hard for me to kind of pinpoint one day or one event. But if I have to, I will have to say that it was uh event was the launching party of Paige Borsak's campaign. I just didn't believe that any p political candidate 
would kind of outline their their plan in that way. I just did. I just <laughs> can't believe that that's what Paige was uh, and the and the team was going to do. I so I was just like, wow, this is something that for me it's. I was very thirsty in in terms of finding you know people who kind of share some of the you know the the visions of how our society uh, should go to. But that night I was like, oh, this is very very different from from what I have experienced to that point in in community organizing in in political organizing, and uh, maybe to uh, relate to that. Was the was the day where the announce uh, the result was announced, and I remember that I was um, I I wasn't eligible to vote, but I I stayed at the campaign headquarters, and uh, someone uh, was doing the live stream where Stephen was speaking, and I was clapping so loud that people were saying stop stop. <laughs> I was clapping so so loud. Yeah, I think. Even though at that night the result was disheartening to to a lot of people,、mm-hmm. I just suddenly felt like you know this my this to see people care so much about the you know the result where it's not the result that people wanted to see people care so much and to see the desire for a lot of people in that group to. To be different, to to make change, I feel like that night also just make me believe that if anything, I can't let the the results of the of the election to to deter us from doing anything、uh, going forward. So、uh, that's another very、uh, crucial moment for me. If I had to pinpoint like one particular moment that was very impactful, it was something very very. Simple and commonplace, but it just the energy about it felt very reassuring. We we recently did, we do we do work with Beaver Hills Warriors, who are another、uh, indigenous organizing group here in Edmonton, and we、uh, I was volunteering at the decolonization day that they had put on,、uh, and they had speakers who who were sharing very very powerful stories.、Uh, one speaker in particular. I think her name is Frida Ballantyne. She was she was speaking to issues around the inquiry of missing and murdered Indigenous women, but but really speaking to her own personal traumas and experiences as a mother.、Um, and so I was silk screening T-shirts for people, which was very relaxing work、mm-hmm. actually.、Um, but I'm silk screening these T-shirts and I'm listening to Frida. And as a mother, I am just feeling overcome. In that moment, by her words and her stories, and and the power behind them, and I just was kind of like silk screening away, like keeping my head down, like trying not to cry on people's t-shirts. <laughs>、um, and then, and I, I thought I had done a reasonably good job. And then afterwards, like a few minutes afterwards, someone from the group came up and was like, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna go grab a coffee right now. Like, do you need anything?" And like didn't like acknowledge or draw attention to anything. They just like put their hand on my back and were like, "Do you need anything?" And I was like, "Yeah, like." I would love something here. I'll give you some money, and and she was just like, no, 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 no. Like it's on me. Like don't worry.、Um, and she just ran right over, and I was just like, anyone you encounter in this group just has so much compassion within them. Like it's just spilling over all the time. And just this tiny little moment like that was really, really cementing for me. Like 
that this was this was the right place for me to be. Thank you for sharing such a like a beautiful and a, like a powerful memory. That's it's, it's a huge pleasure to to share you know some of our stories. Yes. And uh, I think just sharing the stories itself is a very powerful form of you know self empowerment. That was Tara and former Elizabeth Dowdell speaking with Our Time and Climate Justice Edmonton organizers Stephen, Madison, and Chen. And that's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments about the show, send us an email to tara at cjsr.com. Tweet us at Tara Informa or check us out on Facebook. To catch up on the latest environmental news, visit our website, terrainforma.ca. Thank you to our volunteers and Tara Informers, Sean Ho, Hannah Cunningham, and Elizabeth Dowdell for helping out with this week's episode. Terra Informa is produced with respect on Treaty 6 territory. We are entirely volunteer-run and survive because of generous donations to our host studio, CJSR 88.5. Visit cjsr.com to learn more about the station and consider a donation to keep environmental news like this on the air. I've been your host, Dylan Hall. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you'll catch us next week right here on Terra Informa.